This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and the Ten Society. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Squire Radio, I'm Bo. And I'm John Davis. Jamie! Hey, Bo, good evening, man. <laughs> hey, man, how you doing today? I'm good, dude. I'm doing well. It's, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting couple weeks, you know, I just feel like every day brings a new curveball, but we're doing good. Yeah, we're, man. We're doing all right. Dude, yeah. I, I gotta tell I, you. I, you know, every time I get up off the mat and we just, uh, we just get back after it, so it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> my, I, I will be very honest, my pipe has been ministering to my heart. <laughs> over the past few days and i use Did all you those have more pipes explode I no, use... not pipe pipe but but right i know right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when you talk about pipes exploding in me that's like <gasps> inventory exactly <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's just you know i use all those words intentionally it's just been very my pipe uh ritual in the morning has just been such a head clearing kind of time of day when i get mm. in some getting some reading and some meditation have my pipe uh recently it's been a lot of christmas cheer uh, from this past year, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, man, just uh, I don't know. There's something about that that's just gotten my head clear in the morning, and got me straight for the day. And whether it's difficult or rather easy, we're uh, we're we're just ready for it, man. We're got ready, and it feels good. Got your Christmas cheer in the morning, your boodles in the evening. You're doing all right, and depression tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the yeah, but the uh, you know, the, there's enough Christmas cheer to make up for it. That's so. right. We're brought we, to we, you by Boodles. We are Gen brought to you by Boodles Gin tonight. And if you're from Boodles Gin, we'd love to chat with you. Yeah, we we would um, absolutely. Love to chat with you. <laughs> Although they're like, why would we want to chat with you? You give us so much. Free advertising, <laughs> but no, man. Look, this is we got a great show tonight. Now, of course, you know there, there are some disappointments that did happen over this last past week. Of course, Country Squire Radio very honored to be nominated for uh, Jackson's best local podcast. Uh, however, Country Squire Radio did not win. You did. You weren't sad about that it at was, all. It was well. I, I didn't say I was sad about it. I was saying that as a <laughs> it show, it just didn't happen. Well, because of course, let's talk Jackson. Another one of my podcasts right. did win. No, that's right. <laughs> so that's right. Thank you to everybody we, who voted you know, for Let's Talk. You Jackson. know, we also uh, were nominated for Best Locally Owned Business. Did you really? Oh! And, and, and we lost to our friends at Sneaky Beans, who, oh, who is, uh, of course, yeah. a coffee shop with, uh, you know, as, as much traffic as we have and as many loyal local followers as we have here in Jackson. Um, I mean, we're just not a coffee shop. You no, know? but so I mean, think about it. There's a lot of people going in and out of a coffee shop. There's but. only about like four businesses that are actually nominated for like a pipe tobacco shop to be nominated for like Best Shop in Jackson. I'm just saying, we need our own category. Yeah, no, I think- we, that, we, we That's need not our a own bad category. idea. We need I mean, there actually be- are best, best tobacconist. I know. I got pulled, man. We can make that happen. Trust me, I've, I've barked up the. I've barked up that tree. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, one way or the other, man. Yeah. So, uh, Country Square Raider did not win, but uh, yeah, I did bring it home for uh, for best local. That's podcast. good, man. Congratulations. Seriously, we're uh, so proud of what you do, man. And. Obviously, uh, you know, Country Squire Radio wouldn't happen without you. And man, you just you just put together a really good product. I was I was you nervous did. last. I appreciate that, but I was nervous last year when we got nominated. I was nervous this year because I was like, it's just like it would be like cheating. Because I mean, we could we could activate you know you you know the the audience to be like, hey, let's get out the vote. But I feel like we'd be cheating because all of a sudden they'd be inundated with like Indonesia and London and and you know Grand Rapids and, and Austin and, and LA. That's, that's and, great. Like, that's how great. Is, how is these votes count for best of Jackson? Yeah, yeah, I know that that would be a little uh, underhanded. It would not. Yeah. It would not be right. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, man, there is a lot of great stuff that's going on in the pipe community. We got the uh, the Riley Pipe Expo coming up pretty soon uh, here in April the 6th. Uh, it's going to be from 5 to 9 at the Ramba Inn, of course, uh, on Blue Ridge Road. Tell us a little bit about this particular expo. Yeah, that's actually the reception party. It's in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And so the, the reception is on April 6th from 5 to 9 at the Ramada on Blue Ridge Road there in Raleigh. And then we've got the actual 
Pipe Expo, the t- the Pipe and Tobacco Expo is going to be on Saturday, April 7th. Gotcha. From, and that's from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. So if you're in that North Carolina area, if you've got a day's drive, man, I know this is going to be worth it for you, the Pipe and Tobacco Expo there in Raleigh at the North Carolina State Fairgrounds and the Holshauser Building. Uh, and you'll just follow the signs to get there. Anyway, the tables are still available. And if you have any questions, you can email steve at gocsouth.com. He'll be glad to take care of you. But anyway, really excited about that. Glad to mention them tonight. Also, of course, our Texas Pipe Show, October 6th, which is exciting. Of course, they just announced that a couple weeks ago. More details will be coming forth about that really soon. So Awesome, man. A um, couple other things uh, that I just, I feel like we have to mention tonight, and I guess this is a good time to do it. Good if time to do yeah, it. Yeah, if there are not any other announcements. So, you know, we had recently our Pipe Club auction, silent auction, I guess. Yeah, for the custom for, cob For the custom cob competition. It was just great, and people have, you know, clamored already. They said, man, next year I'm getting in that thing. And <laughs> we're so excited about that. Of course, uh, you know, that was sponsored by our friends at Missouri Mearsham, and, you know, we were able to support the Ronald McDonald House, and it was really great. One of our dear listeners, uh, Brady uh, Muckleroy, he's from Texas, and he had kind of missed a few episodes there, and so hadn't caught up on Country Squire Radio, and caught up after the silent auction had happened, and he called me, and he said, Hey, look, I, you know, I'm glad y'all were able to raise that money for the Ronald McDonald House. But man, I, I just think we need to raise a little more. Man, he was so kind enough and, and actually sent in, Dude. sent in 300 extra dollars. Oh, man. Uh, for the Ronald McDonald House, man. So we were just really, really stunned and, and pleased by that. Brady, we're so thankful for you, brother. And that obviously is going to go for a great cause. Man, so, thank you so um, much, Brady. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Incredibly kind. Yeah, we were just, uh, just so happy about that. So we, we had a good showing for our friends there and, um, and just know those custom cobs aren't just for uh, laughs and giggles and you know smokes and, and good quality smokes and mantle displays or anything. They're uh, you know they're for uh, they're for a good cause raising so, some funds. Yeah. You know, I will say this for those that are kind of like looking like okay, next year I'm getting in on this. Don't you know? Like look, you get get into the custom cob game, have some fun with it. But uh, it may be a different holiday this uh, this year. It might be. It might be. It may be. More more information as we get closer <laughs> into the holiday season, which is way down the line. That's right. But, uh, That's right. Well, with the other great shout out to uh, to local uh, local pipe smokers, as well, right? So this is just downright amazing. As you know, at the Country Squire, we have a wall of honor. And the wall of honor, of course, if you were not to be confused know, with the wall of shame. What wall of shame? We we, we should actually have that. Well, we, we probably. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The hurricane would be number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, for obvious reasons. But anyway, yeah, we have, an, we have a wall of honor. What's awesome, we've opened the wall of honor up to Country Squire Radio Club members. Actually, your plaques came in today. I've got to put them up on the, oh, I gotta see on the wall here later. Really exciting. But anyway, Peter Massey, is, is a, he is a very dear friend of, of ours. He's a local Country Squire patron and a uh, friend of the show and, and, and all this. And you may remember uh, about a year ago or so, we did just a little spotlight on him because he made his 50th punch card. He actually completed his 50th punch card. Now, what are these punch cards? So when, when you do your punch card at the Squire, this is our loyalty club, right? Each, each It's got 12 punches on it, and each one is two ounces of tobacco, okay? So I mean, it's just this. It's it's a it's a big deal, and it, and when you get to your tenth one and you finish it, then you get it on the wall of honor, and it's this thing we do to recognize people that you know have just supported the shop to the point where we wouldn't be here without you, kind of thing. Peter's a dear friend, and pipe smoking and cigars are his passion. He's uh, one of these people that he's he's like always up here. He's a working man. He's yeah. one of these guys that really earns his living and 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 works really hard. And premium tobacco is just a part of his way to not just escape but enjoy like daddy's en- reward enjoy man. his downtime the, yeah. the precious little downtime that he's got you know that's uh that's that's how he spends it man so peter um you may remember he finished his 50th punch card 
about a year ago. We talked about him. Um, and and or it was a little over a year ago. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, back in September, uh, we may have mentioned this, but Peter finished his 100th punch card. What? And we have this beautiful plaque in honor of him <laughs> now that 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 hangs at the Country Squire. It's got his uh, it's got his 100th punch card. A picture of him with uh, Caleb the intern right here it's shaking got a hands. Autograph on there too. And, uh, yeah, a little uh, a little a <laughs> uh, little brass plaque. But I just want to talk about just briefly what this what this represents okay a hundred punch cards at the country squire this is a hundred loyalty squires cards it represents 2400 ounces of tobacco okay that's 150 pounds of tobacco that's a lot of tobacco or it can represent 1200 ten dollar cigars dang that's a lot of sticks so i mean you think about i bought 1200 ten dollar cigars yeah 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 okay or you can also count it if you just do it in pipe bowls. You can do it in twenty-two thousand four hundred bowls of pipe tobacco, <laughs> and that's at three grams each, which is a which is a medium-sized bowl. Uh huh. So basically, it took Peter three years and two months to get to this, and it, it was the equivalent of smoking two ounces a day. Dang. <laughs> which he didn't do. He's got a lot cellared, obviously. Right, 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 and, right. And Peter's also a trader, so he'll you know he'll meet someone and be like, "Hey, I like that pipe. How about we swap this for that?" You know, kind of thing, and so. This is kind of a commodity for him. He loves it. I- anyway, what I love about this, this is at least, what, what this represents is at least one $10 cigar for every day for 1,155 days straight. Dang. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's some commitment right Isn't there. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. I mean, I just want to recognize, like, we finally, this happened back in September of last year, and it was just a couple of weeks before <laughs> I got engaged. First and, to 100. And, man, it was just such a such a busy season, you know, with the holidays coming up, and I, I never got around to truly honoring Peter for what he's done for our shop. Anyway, we do this in honor of him. We, uh, Peter, if you're listening, we, we literally wouldn't wouldn't be here and wouldn't have the ability to to do what we do without you and we're just so thankful brother so anyway wanted to mention that on tonight's show and uh, that's awesome hey uh you know we want to mention also some other folks that we wouldn't be here without and that's uh the good folks who make this show happen uh over at the international country square radio pipe club that is exactly right and we got to give a shout out we got a new member at the pilgrim level yeah steven burger man steven th- welcome aboard dude. welcome aboard that's great burger yeah but some hamburger and some fries. <laughs> you know, he got, like, he, he probably already unsubscribed because he got picked on about that when he was a kid. Well, well, like, <laughs> I, I guess maybe it, this could have been his chance, right? Like, maybe maybe no, Bo will mispronounce been. it and call it anything other than burger. Right. No, that's right. Yeah, I, I could that's try. Right. <laughs> Beer gear. Beer we, gear. The it, reason we love Steven is because his name is so simple. There was really... Burger! There, there, was, there was really no way for you to mess it up. It was great. <laughs> no, 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 you can't mess it up. You put it on the grill, you flip it over, like, you know, it's a burger. That's it. It's Stephen Burger. <laughs> Stephen, man, thank you so much, brother. We, we are so grateful to you for sponsoring uh, Country Squire Radio. Again, uh, Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club, available on Patreon. We have members uh, at the Squire level, Pilgrim level. And if you don't want to join the club, but do want to uh, support the show just on a weekly basis, we also just have a patron option as well. Anyway, we're so thankful for for everything that you guys do to uh, to make the show possible. We, we, we literally wouldn't be here without you. Man, all right, so this is great because, of course, this is a pipe culture episode. And uh, for those that have never tuned in for a pipe culture episode, here's kind of the, the idea behind this series. It's something that we've 
been doing for a couple of years now. And basically, it's an opportunity to study the culture that surrounds the pipe. A lot of uh, you can think of this almost as kind of like a sociological look into the various pipe communities around the country and, and, and around the world that permeate both through the real world that we live in, as well as the, the fictional world and kind of the, the lore uh, that surrounds the pipe as well. This is not something that when we dive into pipe culture topics, it's not necessarily something that John, David, and I are giving our opinions on. In fact, quite the contrary, our goal with this is to open up so that you guys get a chance to give your opinions on. This is kind of a, an Inception-esque uh, a pipe culture because this is almost a <laughs> series within a series, right? Yeah. A, a couple of, uh, of episodes back in, in the pipe culture series... We began the uh, the pipe smoking archetypes, and we kind of looked at who these uh, archetypical pipe smokers are. Uh, you know, when you think of a pipe smoker, what is this person? It's the wizard, it's the professor, it's the engineer, you know, all, all of these different archetypes and, that you might think of when smoking a pipe. And so we've been doing spotlights on different archetypes throughout this series, and today we are looking at two archetypes, the farmer and the aristocrat. Dadgummit. <laughs> you were so close. You were so close. And and just I'll, I'll go, and fantastic. I might go back and forth between saying Aristocats and Aristocrat tonight. So uh, y'all just give me a little bit of grace. Is Disney sp- is sponsoring tonight? Show? No, Disney is, is certainly not. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm sure. I, I I will say that uh, Walt Disney probably would have no problem with sponsoring the show. But, yeah, but the uh, the modern uh, people yeah, associated yeah, with, yeah, right? Yeah. Probably, probably not so much. <laughs> Except for Brian Levine, he would be very Brian bad. Levine, yeah. He does not he doesn't sponsor the show, but I like to think that he kind of does. Somewhere in, in, in spirit, his, yeah. In he supports his favorite hobbits. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey man, okay, so so this is great. We're talking about the aristocrat and the farmer. Now, uh, to, to kind of dive into this and kind of maybe a little uh, set up a little bit of framework for yeah. this. The mindset going in was that if you think about not just this aristocrat and farmer, but kind of the the rich man poor man, the, the white collar, blue collar, as kind of these two different embodiments of pipe smokers. Yeah, sure. Now, one thing that's important to point out before we dive into this is that to be a farmer does not necessarily mean that you're not an aristocrat. And to be an aristocrat doesn't mean that you're not necessarily a farmer. Actually, in a lot of ways that it can be thought of as the opposite, you know, I mean, particularly in the classical world, you think, well, think about the founding of our country, right? Like, uh, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. I mean, these were these were farmers. These were these were these were farmers. They were plantation owners and they, uh, you know, obviously were extremely wealthy and uh, and in their own right were aristocrats. So I don't know. We kind of have this uh, this convoluted thing in our mind. But uh, yeah, it can be seen both ways. Yeah, very true. But even in the modern era, man, like there's a, you know, the, the farming community, and we'll kind of get into this as we dive into some of the emails and thoughts that have been brought in. But, you know, the farming community may be small uh, compared to where it was before. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there there are definitely those that have been doing quite well uh, within that industry. So actually, we've got uh, Supra Mario from the uh, Reddit community at R Pipe Tobacco uh, on Reddit. He says, uh, I'm in between both. He says, I got money to blow on pounds of tobacco and all the pipes that I want. But I don't necessarily blow that money on the the pipes and tobacco. Yeah. He says, I own a farm, but I'm also a pencil pusher by day. So not poor, not super rich, but I own a farm and work in an office as well. So you're kind of the embodiment of aspects of both of those archetypes. So as we kind of dive into the differences, I do think it's important to point out that there can be overlap, and, and there certainly has yeah. been both through history and in the modern Absolutely, era. Absolutely, sure. That being said, there is also clear contrast as well. In fact, uh, this first one we've got from uh, Lefroygen, uh Slip. And this is again from, uh, from the, the Reddit <laughs> community at r slash pipe tobacco. Uh, what did Lefroig have to say? He says, the archetypes in my mind are this. One smokes a smooth red stain or black painted briar, and the other smokes a humble cob. The briar has a brass or silver ash guard, while the cob is unfinished and uneven at the top. 
The briar is either a Dublin or a billiard. This is really descriptive. Oh, yeah. The cob looks something or somewhere between the style of a Missouri Meerschaum Mark Twain or the general. That is the American farmer. The Western European farmer uh, would have more of a local pipe made of briar, a small pipe with a brown stain. Further east, you might imagine someone farming in the hills of Greece with a simple bent Meerschaum, enjoying some Latakia with a bottle of Ouzo. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, so. Further east still, I envision a Chinese farmer coming home in the evening. Uh, he sits down with his bamboo pipe, a durable piece that can last a lifetime, even be passed on generationally like a briar while having uh, similar markings to the well-worn corncob pipe, familiar with being handled by dirty hands. It has the markings of earnest and frequent use. The central idea of all this being that the farmer has his pipe from a more local and practical place, whereas the aristocratic uh, person has the luxury of smoking something from maybe another continent. The aristocrat has the clean, smooth pipe, one in a rotation, while the farmer's pipes each see daily use. And that's from our friends on the Reddit pipe board, uh, Lafroigian Slip. Lafroigian <laughs> Slip. Great, Love great, that name. Great name, way. yeah. <laughs> I think that's interesting. You know, you think about something that is a very functional, useful tool which obviously if you're a working man and when you know we say that with broad generalizations right working man out in the field kind of thing your pipe is going to be a tool for you to use every day you're going to be you know going in and out of the land with it as you you know as you're as you're going through your daily tasks and you know maybe if you're uh, someone that lives in the city or has a more uh, white collar job you know you might be curled up on the sofa at nighttime <laughs> reading uh, you know reading Shakespeare or John Donne uh, you know while you're sipping your uh, sipping your brandy trying to uh, you know make your kids go to sleep and, and you know that is your experience of smoking your pipe who and is so that I, no, who is that no, come I, on I don't know I, 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 I mean curled up on your sofa sipping your brandy reading your Shakespeare while trying to make your kids go to sleep I, I just I, I think there's a person out there no no that's why Nanny is trying to make the ch- children go to sleep I, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> reading my Shakespeare and um, yes, yes. Uh, Reginald, Reginald, would you Reginald. pack my pipe for me one more time? Bring me that white rose. That's the uh, the highest quality tobacco. Yes, yes. None of that. You put that Lancaster you down. Put that Lancaster, you knave. <laughs> Just throw it out. Throw it out. Uh, That's great. That's, so I, I mean, yeah, I think there's I think there's um, a lot of good wisdom in that. I, I love that uh, Lafroigian slip on Reddit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I, what I love about this too is that, that aside from the fact that it's such a descriptive. Uh, uh, you know, idea of kind of the various pipes yeah. that you actually see in use by these, or that you, that you can envision being used by these different archetypes, uh, is is just as you say. There is also something about kind of you know, if, if you think about uh, the the kind of somebody who works with their hands is going to get dirty. Uh, you know, a pipe like a a corn cob it makes a lot of sense, right? A pipe that's going to be you know, beat it's a workhorse, up. man. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or along the, along the kind of the the route. As yeah. opposed to the, you know, something like a dress pipe, you know, something that you think of. of yeah, we have talked, you know, yeah, something more, um, you know, for special occasions yeah. or is pulled out very delicately, uh, you know, and then rotated through a giant uh, selection of pipes. Uh, you know, I see this every day, right? We've got our customers that come in and they uh, they have one of our house pipes and they and they literally smoke it four times a day. Wow. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they work these pipes. They're they're meant to be worked. It's a tool. Um, and then you've got the, the, the guys that come in and they. Uh, select their tin of Dunhill that they'll go through in the next three months. And, uh, you know, they'll uh, rotate through, uh, you know, their favorite uh, Briarworks pipe, Savinelli, uh, Peterson, and, uh, you know, maybe some Stanwells or something. And, and you know, the, and, and they'll they'll come back to that pipe eventually, but it's more of a hobbyist kind of thing. And I, mm, maybe that mm-hmm. maybe those two play hand in hand. There might know? be something yeah. there. Now, let me ask you this, John David. Are you familiar with the movie Evil Under the Sun? 
Of course not. Okay, see. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I get to educate you, but but just be be forewarned. This next one contains spoilers for that film. Okay, I'll get uh, over it. This actually comes in from uh, Dylan uh, Schellender. Uh, thank you, Dylan, by the way, for for actually putting uh, the the phonetic spell er, <laughs> spelling of your name in there. I, for I me. even think you still messed it up. Did I really? Yeah. Schellender. 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 <laughs> did I do it wrong? I you, did, you, you got it right that time. Here's what Dylan says. He says, uh, when I think about the aristocrat, the uh, the rich types, I'm reminded of a, a neat movie called Evil Under the Sun. And by the way, this, again, is spoilers for that film. He says, the normalcy of seeing a well-to-do man with a pipe allowed the villain to hide a key piece of evidence that, in fact, there was a diamond in his pipe the entire movie. Wow. Now Isn't that I, cool? Now I actually want to watch that movie. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's awesome it, interesting too that the villain would kind of be seen as the pipe we've talked about it before but a lot of times the pipe is often more associated with a heroic or or a, a guidance type of character as opposed to the villainous character who if smoking it's generally a cigarette yeah. or a cigar no that's right um so kind of yeah. a, an interesting twist here yeah uh this next one comes in from broskheim broskheim yeah uh, and this one's actually from the again the uh, the r pipe tobacco community over on reddit says, the aristocrat is more like the types that you see on these kinds of forums. Smokes a multitude of blends uh, from a multitude of pipes, probably once or at most twice a day, and probably pairs it with a beverage of some sort. Uh, takes time out of their day to specifically enjoy the pipe because they've got you know the leisurely ability to do so. Yeah, we're talking about kind of archetype the aristocrat, but this is getting into more of just kind of the daily modern connoisseur and enthusiast of, of pipe tobacco, right? You've got someone that, you know, they're not necessarily smoking for... Um, you know, any kind of fix or anything. It's someone that is looking for uh, that pleasant evening or break time little treat, maybe to pair with their favorite cup of coffee or, or bourbon. They're smoking certain types of tobacco at certain types of day, depending on the circumstance. I think that's kind of what he's speaking to. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, also, we had uh, Brad Hochter. I think also goes by Love Doctor from time to time. He does. He does. Uh, what, did, what did Brad have to say? Brad says, uh, to me, a white collar or aristocratic pipe smoker is a bit more picky. Typically having artisan carved pipes and a wide variety of tinned blends in their cellar, whereas the blue collar pipe smoker or farmer is perfectly content with a good old cob and a low end factory pipe and a pouch of Captain Black. And, you know, I think he's I think he's onto something here. You know, I, I envision a few of my customers that fit into those categories and then a few customers actually that straddle the two which is kind of fascinating too and to unpack that you know you've got these folks that you know the pipe serves uh, for them a functional daily thing it's not just a morning ritual but it's a throughout the day volume kind of thing but then also they they treat themselves occasionally with oh well you know it's 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 my time of the year to um you know maybe enjoy a tin uh, uh, old dark fired from Mac Barron or uh, you know Peterson's Irish whiskey or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think you've got this uh, y- you know this kind of kind of balance there. But um, yeah, Brad, I, I think uh, think that's a good good uh, observation. You know, it's interesting, and I, I was kind of wondering if this would be the case, uh, gathering kind of feedback and thoughts around this this particular archetype. But you do almost kind of hear more of negative words associated with the aristocrat, like for example, picky. Versus content, right? Like even with what yeah. Brad points out here. So the aristocrat is picky, the, the farmer's more content. Dylan even like, you know, put put the nail directly on the head with like, oh, here's a here's a pipe smoking villain. <laughs> the, the Wait, which, you know, I can kind of see that. You know, there's a part of me that even though uh, a lot of times that is me, I'm, I'm that person that is looking for, oh, I just feel like smoking my... I don't want red Virginias today. I want that elitism. I want lemon Virginias that have a have a sugar topping. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's one of those things that 
I enjoy that sometimes. I enjoy the snobbery of it. But you know, the the, the difference <laughs> is we try to not be be judgmental about it. We just try to enjoy it and, and move on about our lives. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand that. But you know, and then there's the just you know the normal guy that just you know he comes in once every two weeks and buys his half pound of uh, Cherokee at the Country Squire or uh, Lane One Q or whatever it might be, and uh, and just goes on as about a, about his day because he knows that that is the tobacco that fits him the best yes so, um, yeah you I know think that's great i do i mean there's also kind of the aspect of of the framing of it right so the aristocrat you think you think of kind of you know that ballroom-esque wearing the tuxedo smoking his, his uh prince pipe or something of that nature something that's going to be more of the dress pipe uh type and just kind of lording it over with a little bit of a, a brandy but at the same time that could just as well be like you know a doctor you know and, and you think about like the, sure. the kindly old doctor in his office enjoying a pipe after a long day and that's technically, theoretically, the same person, just fitting different archetypes based on environment, right? I think so. I I, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud a little bit on it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think uh, you know, again, all these are generalities, but we we've got oh, yeah. folks that you know they fit by proxy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. All right, so that's the that's the aristocrat. Now we got a lot. We got a ton of thoughts surrounding the farmer. Darren writes in, he says, when I think of a farmer who smokes a pipe, I think of Charles Ingalls from the Little House on the Prairie. Uh, He would often enjoy his pipe in the evening after supper at the kitchen table or outside leaning on the fence rail. Charles was a hardworking farmer who enjoyed his pipe. Nothing better than a cool smoke to help wind down after a hard day's work. Really enjoy the show. And I think I think he means our show, but he could also mean Little Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Darren, our uh, resident Little House on the Prairie enthusiast. Yeah, is, is, uh, that's the, you know what? That's the next thing. You know, I do some TV talk from time to time, so maybe we'll do Little House on the Prairie TV talk. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You might have a future in that. Was it's that good. the one where the girl got, she was like blind or something like that? Or is that a different show? I don't know, dude. You don't, yeah, okay, never mind. But anyway, all right. So, <laughs> so did you never, you never watched Little House on the Prairie? I, I, I have not. I, it, I'm aware. I, of a house? I think I remember it becoming, uh, like like coming on right around MacGyver, some somewhere around there, reruns of like MacGyver, yeah. or the A Team or something. But I, I, I th- these are shows that uh, you know I watched at my grandmother's house uh, on rerun in between nap times. Interesting, right? All right. So <laughs> I, I will say this though, in a uh, in a very kind of flip in terms of tone to, to Little House in the Prairie, I was actually watching. Uh, I'm, I'm taking my wife through Westworld, and we were actually watching that episode, and I don't want to spoil anything on on that, on that show in particular but suffice to say one of the characters who portrays a farmer is replaced and by the end of the episode uh, a new character is playing that exact same character it's it's kind of trippy you have to kind of understand okay. <laughs> you know it's kind of one of those things hard to explain without giving without away. seeing it yeah yeah but suffice to say at the very end of it this new farmer is actually sitting in a rocking chair smoking a pipe and just has a very different attitude from yeah. the character that came before. Yeah. It was very much more of that kind of down-to-earth type of farmer type character. And mm-hmm. always fun to see the pipe in, uh, in, in TV. All right, Corey Grip or Gripe is next. And what, ha- what did Corey have to say? Uh, he says, I would like to contribute to the farmer side. Uh, there are pictures of my grandfather who was born in 1927. He actually posted these to Facebook, I should mention. Oh, dude, that's great. That's great. Uh, there are two, two pictures of him as a kid and one with my grandmother from 1953. And no, we do not have the pipe still, unfortunately. The pictures were taken at their 80-acre farm. Achy, breaky heart. Achy, breaky heart farm <laughs> uh, in Oklahoma. And so, uh, yeah, Corey, Corey was kind enough to post those photos to, to Facebook. We love those old photos uh, of folks, beloved ones, smoking their pipes with their pipes back from the day. I, I just, uh, I love that. Man, uh, you know, speaking of uh, family 
and uh, that that familiar understanding of what a farmer's life can be. Uh, this one takes it even closer to home uh, with John Kirk Griffin, uh, who I believe is also tuning in live tonight. Yeah, says, uh, "Hey brothers, longtime listener, I'm so excited for this specific episode because, well, I'm a farmer." There's something beautiful and primal about sitting on a tractor with a pipe packed with your favorite blend. It's these hours of driving and slow circles that are prime moments for smoking a pipe. Farmers are very contemplative people. We spend many hours doing repetitive and sometimes monotonous work, uh, which gives us ample time to think. It's during these times of deep contemplation that farmers turn to our pipes as our faithful companion. The farmer is a dying breed. We've gone from almost 90% farm workers to less than 1% in the U.S., We are frequently forgotten and sometimes marginalized folk, but we are a tough and resilient folk. And so next time you pack a pipe, remember the farmer that worked hard to grow and harvest those beautiful and tasty leaves. Love you guys. Love the show. Keep up the great work. And again, that is from Farmer John K. Griffin. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, Farmer dude, John! Dude, dude, thanks so much. Yeah, that that's that's fantastic. You know, it's not just like, oh, the food that we eat that sustains us comes from these kind of people. Oh, wait, it's the tobacco, and we wouldn't be here without them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> On a variety of levels. So, uh, man, great feedback. It's funny, he, earlier in the show... Uh, said he's not going he, he, he was uh, talking i'm not gonna lie a little salty that the aristocrat and the farmer uh is equal to the rich guy and the poor guy uh, y'all must not know many farmers uh, most of the farmers around here me excluded are millionaires uh, but, the, <laughs> but then, then he goes on to say we uh we handled it well yeah, so that, that's, that, good. that's good <laughs> man we also got uh, one from randall morgan and what did randall have to say yeah uh when i think of the archetype of the farmer i'm reminded of my grandfather a true mississippian born and raised outside a small town no one would recognize uh we might recognize it actually yeah yeah you, um, you might be surprised we yeah. know some mississippi we, we know those backwater <laughs> we, coffee we, we know some of those yeah the, the, we killed a guy here mississippi i know and, right all that all that kind of stuff that yeah kind of it's stuff. it's kind of yeah we, we were uh, familiar with some of those back roads. Mm-hmm. Um, a man uh, that worked, he goes on, a man that worked uh, as a millwright every day of his adult life because that's what he had. And I think he loved to do. Farming was something that he didn't do for income, but for survival, to make ends meet. Planting his own fruits and vegetables, raising chickens, and even hunting during the fall and winter, all to provide for his family. These were people that are meeting their needs, not just you know because it's what they're good at, it's because they literally what they had to do. That's right? right. Yeah. Uh, so he goes on to say, this man is someone who loves a good full pipe of tobacco. I'm guessing cherry. Didn't everyone in the 60s smoke cherry tobacco? <laughs> <laughs> the farmer archetype is that of someone who isn't even afraid uh, to get his or her hands dirty. Uh, someone who works hard every day to provide in time of plenty and in lean, but the pipe is his one guilty pleasure, the one thing he provides himself, something just for him. And that's from our friend Randall Morgan. Well said. You know, it's like they, they've they've afforded themselves this one luxury, right? They're, they're working their tail off to, to go out there and, uh, you know, you've got this image of the sharecropper that's just trying to get it done so they can get food on the table, maybe even for this evening. But they've given themselves this one thing to get through the day. And it, and it might be their pipe with their favorite uh, their favorite cherry blend. Man, you know, it's, it's great because, you know, we got we got so many more responses. I to wish the, we could go through them all. This was awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we got something for the farmer specifically. And I do I do feel like when when kind of stacked up against the other, you almost kind of long to attach your narrative to the farmer and, and maybe kind of want to step back from the aristocrat because of 
some of the negative connotations. Yeah. Now, that being said, um, I, I, yeah, I, we say that as I'm sitting here smoking my hand carved meerschaum. Right. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> drinking my boodles with my uh, with my pinky out. I, I was gonna, <laughs> I was also going to say that um, a uh, a very aristocratic pipe smoker is being tweeted out right now uh, by Kevin Pinkerto on uh, on on Twitter, which is of course Deadpool, the, <laughs> the superhero antihero rather, Deadpool smoking his pipe. Uh, sitting in a leather chair with a uh, big thing of brandy right next to him. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, there you go. Well, man, no, here's the thing: there, there are there are some differences, there are some similarities in in kind of context with both between these two, the the art, the aristocrat and the farmer. Uh, Dylan also had this to send in. He said the larger context of you know quote unquote rich versus poor. Sure. I, he says I recommend reading this article by John Goldberg. Uh, it's called "The Democracy in the Tobacconists." And it's really about cigars, but I feel there is a lot of themes that will overlap. The G.K. Chesterton quote in particular addresses why it may be frowned upon in both social strata and that they should not care, of course. Um, actually, do you want to read this quote for us? John? Yeah, man. G.K. Chesterton, This is what a great quote to provide here. He says, is quoted as uh, saying, To have a horror of tobacco is not to have an abstract standard of right, but exactly the opposite. It is to have no standard of right whatsoever and to take certain local likes and dislikes as a substitute. Nobody who has an abstract standard of right and wrong can possibly think it wrong to smoke a pipe or cigar. American culture has a vague, sentimental notion that certain habits were not suitable to the old log cabin or the old hometown. It has a vague, utilitarian notion that certain habits are not directly useful in the amalgamated stores or the new financial gambling hell. <laughs> if his aged mother or economic master dislikes to see a young man hanging out with a pipe in his mouth, the action becomes a sin, or nearest that such a moral philosophy can come to the idea of a sin. A man does not chop wood for the long hut by smoking, and a man does not make dividends for the big boss by smoking. Therefore, smoking has a smell of something as of something sinful and that, that's from gk chesterton that's, isn't that interesting that's like really yeah, yeah i mean that there's a lot of that, that's very wordy quote and yeah well, it's chesterton <laughs> it, 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 it's chesterton we we're talking about you know something that right. is a long time ago but golly there's a lot of truth to unpack there yeah i, re- I really like that it's it's you know the despite the fact that these two archetypes exist in, in perhaps different uh economic uh worlds based on uh, what's kind of painted here by uh, chesterton they both kind of face the uh, the sometown uh, nose turning up to and uh, stigma that may exist prevalently within those those groups. I thought it was uh, a good get on Dylan's part finding such a quote that deals in, in with both of these archetypes yeah. in, in such a way. Yeah. And then all right, so so for kind of some final thoughts, I love this. Yeah, th- this is this is kind of like a a, a bunch of different <laughs> questions that were that were brought up for you know I, well all right, so this comes from David Seretti. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Surrette or Soretti. All right. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're, we love David regardless. Now, this is one of these these thoughts that you, you can tell he's thinking as he's writing. And he asks a lot of questions as he's kind of working out his thoughts and that sort of thing. I thought it was like the perfect way to kind of wrap up this discussion. Kind so of wrap this up. What did David have to say? This, this is awesome. He says, uh, I'm curious about the shift in preferential pipe shapes over time. I've always been told and read that in the 19th and early 20th century, Bent pipes were preferred by lower-class smokers and manual laborers due to the hands-free clenchability, uh, and then straight pipes uh, were preferred by those white-collared and upper-class smokers. But then it seems that we began to see a shift uh, mid-century with bent pipes becoming more expensive and artistic, 
and straight billiards becoming a working man's utility pipe. I'm curious to know what spurred this change. Could it have been that manufacturing techniques drove down the cost of straight pipes? Perhaps it was other art and fashion trends. Uh, Even today, I would say that when you look at higher-end pipes, we see more swooping curves and bent stems and less expensive factory pipes uh, in the form of straight billiards and apples. Uh, Is what we see a shift in aesthetics only, or are our behaviors and smoking rituals changing? What an interesting question. I mean, what, what, what interesting thoughts there. You know, yeah, I see yeah, this yeah. every day, and, and it's something that, uh, you know, if you look at all those uh, wonderful pictures of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, everything from professors to pastors to congressmen back from the mid-century, uh, you know, they were all smoking straight pipes. It was just whole boardrooms full of straight pipes, you know. And, and, and today, if you, uh, you know, pick out a photo of people or, gosh, even walk into a pipe shop full of pipe smokers, Eight out of ten folks are going to be smoking a bent pipe, not a straight mm-hmm, pipe. And mm-hmm. so, what what has happened there? What you know, something something's there, right? The artisanship has moved towards the bent pipe. The desirability, uh, you know, when I order pipes, uh, even for our inventory here at the Country Squire, it's uh, every eight out of ten pipes. You know, we have to order our bent because I know if I order a straight pipe, even though it's my preferred pipe. It's going to sit on the shelf. Well, it, you know what? What is it about that? It's almost like you know, you think about kind of who these archetypes have been over the years. And one might have a concern that's more about function. The other ha- might have more of a concern about form. And we live in a day and uh, an age where function and form, while they do still play a part, it does seem that form has kind of, it has won the day for our modern era, right? And it's really more about the style and less about the function. Although, as we've discussed several times over, yeah. function is quite important in that. It's just more specialized function as opposed to, you know, on a day-to-day type of basis. Yeah, what, what's that about? That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, great, great thoughts. And, and by the really way, good thoughts. great thoughts to everybody. And, you know, honestly, we got so much feedback in. Uh, I, I was a little nervous actually going into these particular archetypes because I was, I was kind of thinking like, man, you know, the, the, these archetypes came from the original discussion. And, and I was like, man, I, I've, I've got some general thoughts, but I, I really am curious to see what you guys have. And man, y'all, y'all really did bring in some big time yep. stuff with yep. uh, emails with Facebook, by the way, and we've mentioned it already uh, throughout the discussion, but Big shout out to the folks at the uh, the Reddit community at reddit.com uh, slash r slash pipe tobacco. Great community uh, over there have always played a huge part in the pipe culture discussions. It's uh, one of the one of the reasons good, I've good friends of the show. Absolutely yeah. good friends of the show. And I always love uh, discussing uh, pipe culture because I know it's it's a great opportunity to uh, to give them a shout out as they help us out. But I think one of the things that we've learned, man, this episode is is no matter if you are in the the high rise office of Fifth Avenue or you if you are on the Apple Farm. In, uh, in middle America, you are enjoying your pipe. And what better way to enjoy your pipe than making sure you got a good quality pipe at any price, uh, at a very affordable price. And of course, I'm talking about the great pipes available at Missouri Meerschaum. That's exactly right. Uh, we're talking tonight about the Diplomat pipe. Oh, the Diplomat pipe. It is an excellent, it is an excellent pipe. And so this is someone that could be enjoyed, a pipe that could be enjoyed by uh, both the aristocrat and the farmer. Oh. Uh, we, we do have the, uh, the Fifth Avenue Diplomat. This is a uh, just a beautiful billiard. It's a generous size, kind of deep bowl with a, a normal size drilling, but the, the but the bowl is really nice and deep, so you can fit a lot of tobacco in there. Comes in a bent and a straight variety. I love these pipes because the diplomats tend to be that their stems are a little more decorative than mm, a lot mm-hmm. of other Missouri Meerschaum pipes, and so uh, they just put a little more uh, elegance with the little um, you know adornment there on the end of the stem. So really nice pipe. Uh, these pipes uh, also have the uh, ability to take the filters, which is good. Some people enjoy uh, having those. We've got the Fifth Avenue here, which has more of a uh, billiard shape. And then, of course, the Apple. 
we we go from the uh, downtown to the apple farm to the apple farm. And so uh, yeah, the apple uh, obviously an incredibly popular shape uh, over time. Uh, this pipe is not quite as deep, but does have the same width bowl. Uh, just really handy pipe, feels good in your hand. It's one of those that um, you know is is a good everyday pipe. Uh, and also very light for its size. So anyway, uh, just the, the dip, diplomat from Missouri Meerschaum. We um, love them, uh, sell a bunch of them, support them, and uh, and hope you uh, hope you love them too. And if you're smoking one, we'd love you to uh, to tweet in a photo, and we'd love to retweet that sometime during this week. Yeah, get those selfies in. Big ups to Missouri Meerschaum for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. Question of the week this week comes in from listener Ryan Smith, who asks, he's actually out in L.A. He says, uh, although I think that's actually Louisiana, L.A., not L.A., Los Angeles. It is, yeah. <laughs> Down in uh, the you southern know, You LA. know, there's three L.A.s, right? There's, there's Los Angeles, there's Louisiana. And there's lower Alabama. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a thing, man. Ask, ask someone from like Mobile, where you're from. They're uh-huh. like, oh, I'm from L.A., from lower Alabama. Yeah, I think that's what the Florida panhandle considers itself. Too. <laughs> all right, man. So this is the question. We just it's lost all our... Li- I, I love how we just offend what? these whole swaths did, of like... How did we offend anybody? You just called Florida part of Alabama. I, I, I would think... There's riots going on right now in Pensacola. I, I, Alabama could be just <laughs> as offended by that as... No, Florida. you're right. You're right. You're so right. So you're right. I guess we did... It was universally... We offended everybody. 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 Except, <laughs> except for all of our California friends who are like, yeah, we don't care. Yeah, I know, right. All right <laughs> They're I, like, what's Alabama? Right. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> or what? Yeah. <laughs> actually, the California folks, they actually have to have, to have an interpreter to listen to Country Squire Radio. The Calif- we should because do they a don't, California Because episode. they don't understand anything that we're saying right now. What are now. you talking about? We could do California Country <laughs> Squire Radio. It would be insane, man. Tubular. We, we could do it. Now we've offended the Californians. Now we've offended all the LAs. <laughs> Hopefully Ryan's still listening because this is his great question this let's, week. Let's read the question before we just... We're trying really hard to keep it between the ditches tonight. There you okay? go. All right. He says, uh, when people say a blend is burley-based, I figure there are large variations in what their flavors can be. Some burley-based blends are cigarette-like, uh, high in nicotine and a bit harsh smoke for me, uh, but some are mild and nutty and have that awesome codger-like quality. I tend to prefer the latter... Uh, is it a specific type of burley that sh- I should be looking for, or are the condiment tobaccos more to blame for the large variations? Uh, he says, P.S. Looking forward to meeting you guys when the NOLA Pipe Club comes up and invades the Squire in February. Uh, thanks for the show, and keep up the good work. Again, that is Ryan from Louisiana. Dude, that's so great. Ryan, thank you for, um, e- e- even uh, in spite of our uh, ridiculousness <laughs> uh, tonight, th- thank you for uh, for this this question. What a great question. And by the way, uh, the, the New Orleans Pipe Club is actually making a field trip yeah! up to the Country Squire. It's going to be on February 24th. Uh, we're looking forward to hosting them. We have so many very dear friends down there, and we'll we'll look forward to seeing them. But um, yeah, so these burleys, right? They're they're so varied. Oh, I've got a this blend has burley in it, and this one tastes, uh, you know, real smooth and uh, silky, and has some nutty, naturally sweet flavors. And then this one over here, uh, this burley, it tastes like you know, I just lit a piece of cardboard on fire, right? You've got <laughs> this kind of variant. So what's the difference? Well, yeah, not all burley is created equal. On on one end, we've got this air-cured burley. It's softer, very nutty. You know, it's it's one of those tobaccos that even though it, it they generally do have more nicotine, it's just a, it's a smoother smoke. It's not something that, you know, has as much of a, uh, of a punch to it. And then you've got these burleys that are, that are toasted or fire-cured, 
uh, you know, and these and these smoke particles have you know infused themselves on these tobacco leaves, and so they're gener- generally going to be a little more harsh, mm-hmm. uh, smoky, toasty flavors that are there. And so, you know, again, I've said so much on this show, and I feel like uh, you know at some point you become a broken record, but Burley is lurking. Everywhere, everywhere. It's it's everywhere, and and like a lot of you know a lot of a lot of tobacconists or a lot of a lot of folks on the other side of the counter that they don't realize just kind of where you see these blends and you're like oh it's an English blend or oh, it's a Virginia blend you know that a lot of times it, unless it just says pure there's Burley in there somewhere I mean Bur- Burleys are just everywhere it, it's it's the tobacconist's best friend because it's this chameleon right it takes on the flavor of the tobaccos around it it's uh, really good at aging it adds nice body and um, a nice uh, what we call mouth feel, you know that uh, those thick uh, clouds of voluminous smoke. You yeah. see a lot of that in Burley. Typically, it does have more nicotine, but you know if cut with certain things that can be kind of negated or uh, enhanced either, either way. And so you have these variances. Burley, not all Burleys are created equal, and so you know you just kind of have to go into it uh, from that standpoint. I, I wish I'd pulled these out tonight in uh, preparation for tonight's show. We use uh, one Burley that's an air cured Burley. Super soft, real uh, silky. It has a natural, almost cane sugar taste, even though it's not topped or cased at all. And and then on the other end of the spectrum, we have this toasted burley that's just gnarly. You know, it's got, uh, you know, it, it's one of those that if you don't uh, smoke uh, slowly, it'll it'll bite you a little bit. But it's also <laughs> just got a great flavor, just that warm, toasty, oaky flavor that sometimes you just crave. And when you mix with these with different components, they're just they're fantastic. So I bristle a little bit. You know, folks, folks will look at our tobaccos. They'll come in the country squire. They'll look at these jars behind me and they'll say, oh, what's in that tobacco? And then I'll tell them, oh, well, it's, you know, Virginia, Burley and Latakia. And, and none of your business. And, no, and then none of your business. <laughs> and if I told you, I'd have to kill you, right? Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, don't look in the recipe book. But, right, right. Uh, yeah. So, so, but, you know, as soon as I say the word burly, people are like, oh, well, I know I won't like that. And so I have to kind of, I have to, I, I bristle at that a little bit. And then I have to start asking these questions, right? So, okay, well, what, what, what do you think burly is? What do you, what do you not like about it? You know, kind of where are you getting that? concept from maybe burleys are not for you or, or, or maybe just certain burleys aren't anyway i think uh you know it's just a broad spectrum those uh those toasted burleys obviously kentucky fire cured stuff that those are going to have a strength to them that not all burleys do typically they're all going to have high nicotine content but you know when blended in certain in certain ways and with certain different other tobaccos that part can be negated and it can be really nice you know mild component in a in a blend so anyway great question i just think it's going to be an, a case-by-case basis that's good man yeah well hey uh, yeah just like i said the great great question again that was sent in from ryan smith and hey if you've got a pipe question of the week you can send it in to us you can send it in show at countrysquireradio.com that's show at countrysquireradio.com quick, quick fire with, with the squire, squire. all right man quick fire with all right, the California quick fact. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> this comes in from the, uh, of course, this is. This is uh, We've like, man, I've never even been to California. <laughs> California way. That's like out west where the gold was. I think my California accent was pretty <laughs> solid. I'm going to let our LA listeners chime in on that. I'm, I'm hoping to, to hear some. Oh, California way. All right, quick fire questions, of course, are brought to us by the Tin Society. The Tin Society, an amazing service that you'll hear more about in just a minute here. Yes, sir. These are actually written in and sent in by Mike Kinsey. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right. And he admits that some of these are, are based off of the, a shared generation here. 
Transformers or G.I. Joe? Transformers. G.I. Transformers all the way. Yeah. But tra- but, but G.I. Joe does that. G.I. Joe. Yeah. I, I was about to say, is G.I. Joe maybe more iconic? But I don't no. know. I think Transformers. Um, if Optimus Prime. Like. Yeah. I can name. I just remember owning, when it, you know, when I was a little kid, having those little cars that turned into, into <laughs> little, you know, walking things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transformers. I, I would imagine that if you were to walk up to somebody on the street and ask them, name three Transformers and three G.I. Joes, that they could probably name at least more Transformers by name than G.I. Joes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That, that G- is there more than one G.I. Joe? G.I. Joe! I don't even know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Transformers all the way. Uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Nirvana. Okay, what's, your, what, what's that one Nirvana song? Teen Spirit. Yeah, it's... Generation! Is that that that's that's the one, right? Is that the one? That's the one. Okay. Um <laughs> That's 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 uh <laughs> I'm yeah. about to I'm about to burst a blood vessel. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nirvana. I will go with Nirvana as well. Um Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the thirteenth? Uh, I actually don't know. I don't think I've seen either of those. Okay, Friday the 13th, if I'm remembering correctly, is Jason, and Nightmare on Elm Street is, is Freddy. Okay. So, well, let's go with Elm Street. Yeah? Yeah, it's Freddy. Okay. Well, Freddy does, he, I mean, he had the messed up face, and he had kind of the Wolverine thing going, not straight up schnickety schnickety, but he had like the, you know, the, the, the claws. <laughs> schnickety. You know about schnickety? I, I don't. Schnickety schnickety? You have to tell me about that's it. That's Wolverine, whenever his claws come out, they make schnick. And then you know it's like shiggity shiggity. That's that's a oh, okay. That's like you're you're uh, giving it yeah, sound. You're giving it get a little geek out. Okay, you know, that's good. Whenever in the comics they go sneaked. Yeah, I'll go with Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <as well. laughs> uh, and then probably the most important of all of these: boodles or more boodles? Well, gosh, more boodles. I mean, more. Do I need? It got, it's not that I want less boodles. I want. I mean, it, it is boodles. I mean, I've got. Wait, what? What's podcast etiquette? Can I refill my my glass on air? No, that's is, fine. is that a thing? No, I nah, I'll wait till later. All right, I, don't know. I probably don't. I, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're so we're so we're at the uh, very tail end of the show. At this, no, point. We, at, at this point, we're just trying to keep it uh keep keep it on the rails. Keep it all together. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with boodles. I, I have nothing wrong with the more boodles. Oh, yeah, I offered you some boodles actually before the show tonight, and you you uh you turned me down. Yeah, uh, that's that's okay. I'm not offended. I just know you, you know some people can't handle it. Whoa. <laughs> I was just thinking that I did not want to waste your precious boodles. It would be lost to me. Is pearls before swine, my friend? Uh, well, I'm glad you know. And I'm glad you know yourself. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so of course, uh, uh, yeah, boodles for me, more boodles for you. And uh, Mike, Mike Kenzie, great, great quick fire questions. And uh, of course, this quick fire questions were brought to you by the Ten Society. Now, tensociety.com is a place to go, and you're definitely going to want to check it out. This is an awesome service where you can actually get curated pipe tobacco sent to I your home yeah. on a monthly basis. Uh, it's a great way to sample a lot of uh, tins that you may not have otherwise picked up, or maybe you're a little nervous about really kind of extending your cellar. This way you get the opportunity to sample them, figure out, oh, I like this. Yeah, I am going to want to go pick up that tin without picking up that tin, and then you hate the tin, and then you throw it away. And uh, That's the thing. You know, we, tins are, you know, if, if you're averaging between 10 and $25 per can of tobacco, well, you're if you like, between 10 and 25, I think that's 17, but I can't do math off the top of my head. Yeah. You, we've never been known for that. Yeah. 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 That's, but, but, you know, <laughs> you, you think about how much it costs to buy one tin of tobacco uh, and, and you're, you're, you're taking a gamble, right? You don't know if you're going to enjoy it, but 
uh, with the Tin Society. They give you the opportunity to sample uh, just a host of tobaccos. You get three or four bowls worth per sample, which is enough generally to give you an idea if it's something you want to invest in, if it's something you want to add to your cellar. And so uh, just a just a great concept, uh, good, good people over at the Tin Society. You can check them out at tinsociety.com. Uh, when you sign up, use the code Squire, and you'll get twenty percent off your first month's service, uh, which is just a just a great deal. Uh, and also, I, I believe there's a free Missouri Meerschaum involved. That's as well, right, uh, which which is really good. So, um, and we're just excited to have uh, the Ten Society on board. Really encourage y'all to go over there and uh, let us know your experience with them, man. We we know um, know you. They would love to uh, love to hear some feedback on you know what you're getting, what you're smoking, uh, what you've what you've tried that you enjoy, and and all that. So. Yeah, yep. I mean, you you get to you get to sample that high quality premium stuff like an aristocrat, but not uh, but 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 hang on to your ducats a little bit more like a like 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 the old farmer like the old farmer yeah yeah Be a little 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 more conservative with your money yeah, it was good there you go yeah, that, was, that was good folks <laughs> that was good. <laughs> your, your thoughts your, your comments. comments listener feedback. All right, listener feedback. Uh, all right, so we got a great iTunes review. This comes in from Shadow Masterman on iTunes. He says, where to begin? First and foremost, if you're a pipe smoker, you need this podcast in your life. John David is not only an encouragement as a person, but a true master in the field, tobacco. Uh, I have learned an incredible amount from him and truly de- develop a love of the pipe as a result. Bo is an incredible host who puts on a high-quality show time and time again. The sound quality is flawless and the content equally so. You will not be disappointed subscribing to the show. I've been binge watching or binge uh, binging rather every episode since discovering them in Afghanistan and will continue to be an avid listener. John David and Bo, thank y'all so much for your hard work that you do and I think I can speak for the entire community when I say you are truly appreciated. Thanks and gigum. Do you know what gigam means? I don't know what gigam means. I knew you. I knew you wouldn't know. Um, uh, is it like gun gun style? Shadow man. <laughs> gun gun style. Shadow. <laughs> sh- shadow. I hope that never happens again on the show. They're gonna turn uh, it into a meme. That's sh- a live audience. Prob- probably will. Sh- shadow Masterman uh, is a Texas A and M Aggie fan. Oh. And gigam. I I don't know. I don't know the origin of the word gigam, but that is one of their phrases. And g- gigging, of course, that's how you go frog hunting. You take your gig, your your little spear thing, and you uh-huh. go you go in the pond and you actually hunt frogs by gigging them. And I don't know how that's Have associated. Have you ever hunted frogs? Of course not. Okay. But I, <laughs> I but but you know there's a uh th- th- there's some kind of tie there with Texas A and M and 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 of course he uh, is a is a proud Aggie. So that's great. All right. Well, there you yeah. go. Dude, th- right. thanks for the feedback. Yeah, awesome. Love the feedback. <laughs> don't want to insult your alma mater or the frog hunting folks that go there. So yeah, you just don't you just don't know what gigging is. I just didn't know what gigging or, or, was. Or gigging is. Yeah. Or gigging. Uh, more, um, hey, you do know what gigging is. I do is. know what gigging right. is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our friend uh, C. Duomo uh, on Twitter, a good friend of the show, he says, granted, as the grandson of French immigrants, uh, my perspective may be different, but if you're going to smoke, it was a briar whether you were a nobleman, a farmer, or as my family was, butchers. The briar pipe, invented in France, let's not forget, uh, they're in St. Claude, uh, was an equalizer. He says, uh, alternatively, when you talk about an old serviceman, they'll talk about encountering Meerschaum pipes, uh, which many people considered fairly aristocratic. On their travels, seeing them as cheap, poor men's pipes that could be picked up for pennies and not worth their time. You know, it, it, it's so interesting. I think Chris is onto something there. 
some of our most avid Meerschaum smokers uh, here at the Country Squire that, you know, they buy, these are people that buy nothing but Meerschaums. Right, right, right. They're Navy guys or they're, they're military guys that spent time overseas, you know, particularly in the Middle East, maybe Egypt or Turkey or, 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 or Greece. Or, prevalent. And yeah. that's where Meerschaums, that's, that's, that's their home base, man. And so you've yeah. got these guys that they go overseas, they, you know, they're picking up these hand carved Meerschaums in the market for a nickel. You know, and they come home with this incredible collection, and that's what they're they're spoiled on these Meershams. And so um, it, it's just fascinating. I can count, gosh, at least, you know, five people come to mind that, you know, that they're Meersham smokers because of their time in the military. So I don't know, just some, something worth unpacking. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, hey, we love this feedback, and uh, be sure if you've got some uh, listener feedback for us, send it in. We love getting those emails in, especially love those iTunes reviews as well. Uh, if you've not done so already, head over to iTunes, write us a review. We love reading those on the show, and it's a great way to help support the show without having to spend a dime. That being said, if you are willing to spend a dime, we <laughs> greatly appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com slash Radio to do so. You can become a member of the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club, uh, and we would love to have you there. I know, I know, I know, for many of our new uh, members, you're like, wait, where's that, where's that card? I thought this card was supposed to come in the email. I promise you it's coming. It's coming. I promise. I promise. This Same. week. This week. This week, I said it last week, but this week I mean it. <laughs> it was a rough week are, last week. No, that, that, that's are, are are you covenanting with people? Yeah, I I don't want to use that. That might be that, too strong. That's of a term. too strong of a term, right? <laughs> I'm gonna really try, but it's happening. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Uh, but I will tell you this: I'm gonna give it a good scrub uh, tomorrow uh, to make sure that those of you who are waiting in the wings to join the. Uh, Facebook. We've got the Squire Lounge on live for our, our club members specifically. That's right. Really active group. We're very thankful for. And so if, you, uh, if you've if you requested uh, uh, entry and you are a club member, I'll be going through uh, to confirm that that is the case and, and get, getting you in the door uh, sooner rather than later. Probably that'll be done before this, this episode actually uh, hits the podcast. So that's for those of you tuning in. Um, also, we want to encourage those of you to tune in. If you'd like to join us for a live show, we'd absolutely love to have you. You can join us on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. That's 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. You can find us at CountrySquireRadio.com. We'd love to have you for the show where you can engage with the Twitter. You can also, by the way, keep up with us on the Twitter throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at TheRealBoYork. I'm at John David Cole. Or you can get us at the shop at at underscore CountrySquire. And, of course, the show's Twitter handle as well as at Squire Radio. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Dot com. <laughs> Man, wow, this is this is a lot of fun. I had fun tonight. Yeah, these are some of my favorite episodes. Where it, it frankly, it's it's you know, Country Squire Radio community centric, right? We big time. You know, we yeah, we we turn to uh, to you guys for your thoughts, and um, and frankly, would love more of that. I mean, we love uh, we love getting getting you guys involved, and man, it's just uh, it, it's a lot of fun to see your perspective. You know, if you're uh, got something that is complimentary, or if it's uh you know, a critique of what we do. Uh, gosh, I mean, just all over the map, we uh, we eat this stuff up. I will say this. We, we get a lot of emails in with kind of suggestions. Oh, hey, uh, you guys consider doing an episode on this. And, and by the way, we see all that. We've got a- Absolutely. We've got a Google Doc where we kind of store all that information and yeah. kind of go to that well. But it would be nice just to add maybe a new series at some point uh, along with Pipe Culture that can also be a series that, that really does kind of open up the- uh, uh, Pass the mic around. A yeah, bit. More, yeah, more more community yeah, involvement. So sure. I tell you what, maybe the best way to do that is to kind of pitch it to y'all. Uh, what would be another great, great series for for this kind of uh, opportunity en- engagement? Yeah. yeah, yeah, opportunity for you to give your thoughts. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So so let us know. We'd yep. love to hear that. Well, hey man, let's go have a night. See you, brother. You 
You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Thank you.